Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The show that shows you what's behind the collar. <laughs> I good? love the theatrics. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> In case I didn't know, it was my turn. I theatrics to, to key into there you go that's that's how we do what we do <laughs> every once in a while I'll get that look on your face of what is going on well yeah i'm trying to think two steps ahead and it doesn't work uh, that <laughs> doesn't work with me does it no <laughs> because i don't think two steps ahead Mm-mm, no <laughs> but magically it all turns out okay i mean that's what you tell us anyway magically magic magically be because okay. of peter it works out <laughs> yeah it's all magic mm-hmm not I, hard work. <laughs> kind of like when I made pizza for our Lenten meal for everybody, yeah, right? Unbelievable. And yeah. I had like four women say, I was surprised. It was so organized. Right. But <laughs> they kind of have a point. What, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Offense taken. Oh, well, it was evidence-based <laughs> and data-based conclusions, right? Oh, so, follow the science. You're yeah, one of those guys. Yeah, okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> right. How you doing, Pete? Doing good, doing good. Uh, your th- something beeped. I don't know if that meant. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I found a. So we were talking before the podcast. I just got a new license plate, which means I had to give up my old one. Mm. And uh, my old one, I was very proud of. And uh, some listeners may know about it. Um, my my license plate. Since we live in uh, Franklin County, in in uh, Iowa. All the counties in Iowa, they sh- they print out the county name on the bottom of their license plates. Yeah. And uh, so I, being clever, or at least I thought myself clever, right. I still do, uh, is I got Benjamin. So my license plate reads Benjamin Franklin. Very good. That is so money. Yeah. Hundred dollars. <laughs> it's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> so I have this picture of a really fancy come and go, and then my car is there, and yeah. it's really small. <laughs> I, I'll pretend I can read it. Well, see, the thing is, Benjamin Franklin on a Cadillac. Yeah, that is a Cadillac. Well, what uh, year is it? It's a... Uh, 2008. What's what's the model of it again? It's a... Uh, CTS, maybe? Yeah, DTS. DTS. DTS, come on. One. Yeah, the big one. Nice. That's the ones to get. So I brought something special today. Because every once in a while, I need to buy a new bottle of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Right, Pete? <laughs> Absolutely. Huh. And I, I don't buy a tequila that often anymore because what happens, I buy a bottle of tequila, and then five, like, five days later, I'm like, what happened to my bottle of tequila? <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's empty. Like, <laughs> so, I, so I don't buy tequila that often. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good policy. <laughs> Do you like tequila? But to, I don't know. Um, I'm. You don't know. I, I'm probably going to find out. I, I like Jameson, which is not tequila. Right. And as far as like, I'll say the harder alcohols, that's pretty much all I know. It's I've not really, I'm mostly into dark beers and things like that. All right. Like well, as your supervisor, I hope to get you into tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then maybe I can solve the mystery of where So I haven't went. tried this. Okay. Okay. Baker, if you haven't partaken, you should maybe get a chaser. Uh, okay. I've got some crystal light here with me. Okay. (laughs) That'll be my chaser. Although, actually, one of these would be good with a little tequila. I don't see how that could be possible. Anyways. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, when you, when you, one thing is you got to think a little tropical when you taste it. All right. All right. And think a little Mexican. There's a little pepper. Usually, there's a little bit of a peppery feel to it. Well, that sounds Uh, good. Maybe a little bit of a citrus. Okay. So, so. it's not like vodka where it just tastes like plain, like just alcohol. Like you're drinking, I mean, it has some of that. But, but there is some, some uh, just some tropical, earthy hints. Okay. I think. Depending. Now, they're also different. I have not tried this one. Well, that so. does explain the uh, glass vessels you have put on the table in front of us. So what, uh, what brand do you have there? What do you have that's special? Oh, it's doing it again. Oh, uh, we thought we solved the dilemma of the, of the uh, static cable, but... Yeah, the the listener. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this in. The listener may know that this happens from time to time because sometimes I can't cut it out. <laughs> um, this is uh, this fuzzing situation uh, that we are kind of been fighting for the past few 
Well, a year is really, but it seems like the past few weeks it's been worse. Yeah. Well, the theory that it was the other microphone cable seems to be shot down, so it's a good thing we didn't cut that cable in half with some scissors since it came back. So now the only two plugged in are yours and mine now. All okay. right. I suppose we'll see what happens. See, before I even drank any, I got buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I, this is taking forever. This is going to take so long to edit. What are, you, what are you pouring? You have tequila, but what tequila is it? Yeah. It is... Uh, one I have never tried before, hmm. so it's called Prospero. Prospero. I just got it because I had had it, which is how most people buy tequila. <laughs> Smell it. Okay. You should have like maybe everyone's a little different. I think a little bit of a peppery, a little citrusy, a little vanilla-y. Okay, and I'm I'll susceptible to suggestion, so whatever you I'll tell join me. I'll in with my uh, il chimidor. Oh, cheers! Right. Cheers. Yeah, it's interesting, right? A little, there's a sweetness, but it's not like sweet. Yeah, and after a moment, it kind of you can feel it. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, it's made with agave, so there's like a little bit of a, which is almost like an aloe plant. Oh, it's I was like, gonna ask, it's kind of a cactus or something. Like right? a like a really big aloe cactus type plant. Okay, that's not a bad one. Hmm. <laughs> it got me finally. <laughs> I think the alcohol content like tends to. Uh, off gas or something after a moment. But luckily I have my generic Walmart crystal light. So there you go. <laughs> I can <laughs> fight the urge to cough. So <sighs> <laughs> like I I'm I'm very distractible today. I didn't sleep well last night. Oh darn it. And I know you had an errand to run today with the Yeah, I uh was a a diaconal type yeah. of a guy today. Yeah. It was very good. So it's one of those things as a pastor, someone needs something, and sometimes you just stop gap to help. So, Well, I thought that was interesting. I mean, as the vicar, to see you take a task like that, helping somebody out, it was really... So, someone needed, a, essentially, it was supposed to be snowy. Someone needed a ride to uh, an appointment that yeah. was going to take a long time. Right. And she was. we were visiting her, and she was worried about how she was going to get there. Right. And I, I thought, well, I, I have to be, she was going to take a bus and be there like two hours too early and then wait another two hours after appointment. Oh, it was terrible. This, yeah. The whole thing. I'm like, well, why can't I take her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you did. You said it right out loud. So that ended up working. I thought that was really And neat. she was very relieved. Yeah. Now you gave her many hours of her life back that she would have been sitting on a bus and sitting there waiting for her appointment. And it's not, you know, not a fun thing. And it, no. So, so that's what I did. It's uh. Uh, that's part of the job I, I, I kind of like doing because it's a different day. Yeah. And um, I think of, uh, I think of, in a way, isn't that kind of what Jesus did? Now, he didn't drive people to the hospital, but. But he would have. Or to the doctors. But he was concerned about those things. I mean, half of the miracles are healings. Right. So. Well, he didn't want the wedding party to be embarrassed about running out of wine. So. so he helped people with pretty mundane things, really, at times. Yeah. So so I think I just, that's why, you know, I was doing this afternoon, trying around the snow. Yeah. So you're not a tequila fan, huh? Well, I, it's not going to supplant the Jameson, because Jameson is so smooth, it's like drinking alcoholic mercury. And this has a sharpness to it that it would, maybe it needs to be combined with something. I mean, what is it a screwdriver that usually gets, or is that vodka? What does tequila usually go? Uh, with? Margaritas. 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 Okay. Uh, the tequila and orange juice is a tequila sunrise. Okay. Tequila sunrise. What's a mojito? Does that have? That's rum. That's, that's rum. That's okay. rum, lime, and mint. Okay. Yeah, you can tell I'm pretty unsophisticated with it. I was a teetotaler till I was 30, kind of a hangover from my fundamentalist Pentecostal days. So even after I concluded... <laughs> I like how you use it, a hangover. It is. From... <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah, my <laughs> hangover was that I restated... But on the other hand, like how much heartbreak and heartache and pain and misery did I avoid by not even bothering with alcohol until I was already 30? Right, yeah. So probably it was all right. Yeah, I mean, if someone doesn't drink, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's probably... It was like... It's not a bad thing to, to do. <laughs> to not do. Right. The thing left undone. <laughs> So, yeah, it's not. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he tossed back. He tossed back. See see that? You get the full flavor that way. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is also, Vicar, yeah, you should know that the the traditional way of 
uh, enjoying <laughs> tequila <laughs> oh. is exclusively shots. <laughs> yeah, no, I figure it really is like and bourbon's you, the same uh, way. Like, so you can sit bourbon, but okay. like, well, we're, I'm giving too much information. It's, yeah, I'm no, for a lot, sure. Right? Yeah, you, no, you do a good. shot. You do a shot of tequila, and then like you get all of the the stuff you just you were saying. Oh, like yeah, oh, it's like scotch. You sip. It hits yeah, you, and okay. blah blah blah. But it all happens just up to eleven. Eleven on the right. scale. Yeah. So, is this the one that sometimes has a worm in it? Yeah, it never does, but oh. it's supposed to. I don't think I've ever gotten one with a worm. Yeah, that doesn't sound too pleasant. To hey, me. we should talk about the text. <laughs> Speaking of worms, oh wait, no, that doesn't even, that doesn't even go. <laughs> all right. So, what am I preaching on, Vicar? Ah, you are. We need some energy in this. <laughs> you are preaching here. on. Oh, let's go. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when, when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit had gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So, Vicar, have you noticed... Now, this is your... Actually, is this your first time kind of through the one-year lectionary, isn't it? Uh, as far as reading it out loud on a podcast, yes. <laughs> okay, but as far as being a part of the pattern of it? Uh, my fieldwork church used the one-year like, uh, okay. So, so technically, I've been through it two other times. So, what is there? Have you noticed a common theme? I thought I silenced that. <laughs> is there a common theme that you've noticed with the gospel readings up to this point? Not that I've picked up on, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. So, what was the first? Do you remember what the first lesson was? Jesus for it, the Lent season mm -hmm. in particular, uh, out in the wilderness for forty days. Okay, and then what was last Sunday? Do you remember? Jesus. Uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, let's see. A mother went to her because, went to him because her daughter, her daughter was, was possessed by a demon. That's right. And now demon you have demon. a deaf mute. Yeah. So he's fighting the world of, of the Satan, of, of demons. But, yeah. I mean, uh, there is an intentional in the, in the first three, especially, uh, a uh, battle. Yeah. A Jesus confronting evil and wickedness, especially in the spiritual realm. Right. Jesus fighting with the, the prince of, of the demons in the wilderness. Jesus driving out the demon of uh, the, the mother, the yeah. daughter of the yeah. mother who came to him. Uh, and then now Jesus driving out the demon of um, the mute man. The mute man. Yeah. So, and here, uh, the, the last one, it was about a woman's faith, right? Right. Where she trusted in the goodness of God. 
she trusted that that everything, you know, that even as he said, uh, is it right to th- uh, to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, right? She didn't argue with him. No. So her face faith was was great and all of that, and she's trusting right. in God's mercy, right? Right. Here, um, he teaches really of a spiritual battle, right? Of a stronger man. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of uh, always being on guard for that which would attack the soul. And I, I don't think that uh, this is maybe a good time uh, to talk about wickedness in those terms. Because um, now from your, your previous background, they were more well aware of the spiritual battle. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it was all that. That's, that was, we thought we were doing exorcisms and such during our church services. Right. And, but, but here, um, you know, uh, one demon is driven out. If it's not replaced by something, what happens? <laughs> Seven more show up with it. So, so here it's about one. And, and the reason why you might have this in Lent, I think is, is to make people aware of the battle that they're in and be mindful of, uh, not that different than the whole temptation discussion we had not long ago hmm. of, of realizing the battle that we're in all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to realize really what's going on. Um, I don't think, I, th- I think uh, in some ways we like to be um, intellectuals and kind of downplay the demon thing. We're, we're right. smarter than that. Right. And maybe that's whole, uh, hurt by our kind of cultural depiction of demons with their red skin and pointy horns. And, and so we, we don't believe in those cartoon demons, but then we toss out the truth with the cartoon. Right. But, I mean, for example, there are things that you hear that uh, now and then and that you're left with that's got to be demonic. Yeah, right. You know? You know, you hear, for, for example, someone talking about a, a late-term abortion and mm. and saying how, oh, yeah, it's, or a partial birth abortion. It's, it's a right up to nine months to take an infant child. Right. And uh, that's perfectly could live. Right. Is you, living. Right. Right. Yep. That uh, and you hear them talk about it in such a way. There's no th- thing to say, but that is demonic. Right. That, that, that does not. I mean, that and but I don't think we when we think of our own spiritual battles and what we're up against and what we think, we think of it all in rational terms. Right. Or psychological terms. Right. We don't really think of it as as all sorts of things going on around us. And then we're confronted with, in Lent, the spiritual battle with not only Jesus overwhelming the real devil in the wilderness and two people really possessed by demons that were seeking to harm them. This one causing one, uh, the daughter, in great pain, this one, Mm-hmm. keeping him from speaking. Right. But at the same time, in the midst of this, in the midst of this spiritual battle, what do you have? You have Jesus being more powerful than all of them. Right. So what what what, what does that teach us about this battle? The battle's already been won? Yeah, I, I would say this. Now, but I would say that's a good point. And and to remember that, I, I would say that really I, what I was going for is is the fact that we think we can battle with ideas, mm, okay, and effort, and um, uh, all all these other things when really uh, it is Christ who's the only one who's strong enough, and uh, and so we we wrestle with them, we battle with them, we battle with our own sins, and and I would say this, even as I say we are a power, we only Christ is strong enough to overwhelm them, right? Right. That being said, there's a vil- uh, vigilance in the text as well. Of yeah, I can drive this out demon, this demon out, but unless there's more there, 
seven more are just going to come right after that. So there's a, village, yeah. a, a diligence in this text of continuing to have that confronted by his word, by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the one that is stronger than all of that. Right. It's kind of also means that it's not once and done. You don't say personally have victory in one spiritual battle and okay, good to go. You've had victory in one spiritual right. battle. Right. As soon as you you feel like, oh, I've overcome this sin. Yeah. <laughs> guess what happens? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, to anybody that's been addicted to anything, they know that like it, it comes back fast. All right. Uh, well, I do have a top 12 list that I had prepared for last time, but we didn't have time because of our silliness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've had time to refine it. and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> During Lent, you had all this extra yeah. time. <laughs> it, and actually, and you know, actually, it's usually worse because I have it written down. <laughs> but uh, but when I write it down, I have all these thoughts in my head that oh, I no. don't put on paper. So it might go really fast. Like, you'll just read the top 12. Like, there will probably be one or two of these where I'm like, what on earth was I thinking when I wrote that? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to step in and say something that's related if I can. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Number 12. No. Oh, I, yeah, right. Well, I blame the tequila. Uh, Even though I've messed this up like 97 times already. Peter, what are we going to do with this guy? <laughs> Fire him. Get rid of him. Get a new one. So, so for the listener, he gave me the 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 melodramatic body language that said I was supposed to say something, and uh, then I said the wrong thing. So there, right now. And then I've he says, it. "Oh, he gives me these cartoonish cues." Yeah, you know, technically Peter was pointing that out last time. <laughs> like, let's be let's be fair here. <laughs> now you're blaming me, not well, you, me. <laughs> well, it's easy. You're not here. My to... <laughs> son and I have worked very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so that you could be part of this podcast. That's true. I, I'm just a passenger. <laughs> I'm just a vicar. <laughs> no, so. All right. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. He's got it. <laughs> Eventually. Right. <laughs> that would, you know, we have to be careful that some more demons don't replace. Yeah. Don't get That's too right. comfortable, vicar. That's right. I'll be replaced by seven other vicars more better than I. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I will say this, that the paperwork for your replacement has already been filled out. <laughs> oh, it's not exactly a replacement. It's more like a successor. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think, unless this paperwork's very special and I don't know Urgent about it. on the top. <laughs> Urgent. This is a spring, <laughs> a spring vicar. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm such a jerk sometimes. Oh. So this is the top 12 uh, things that you learn about suffering. I don't, you know how I said one of, one of these, I'm going to like, what was exactly what it, was I thinking? Yeah. Part of that is the title. The, the title. Yeah. The top 12 <laughs> things and stuff about suffering. Well, I was contemplating when I wrote this. I do remember this. Uh, Romans chapter five. Okay. Where uh, we rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces Perseverance. Perseverance produces character, character right. and character produces hope. And so um, what I wanted, my idea when I wrote this is just some thoughts when considering suffering. Because everyone goes through suffering. It is part of life. Everyone. And so 12 real thoughts of that you should think about uh, in the midst of suffering um, that uh, that may be helpful. Okay. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, it sounds like Clear a very as mud. serious top 12 lift. It's not, yeah. not trivial, trivial or something like yeah, that. Yeah, not definitely not something you should sip te- tequila. Right, not like tequila day. Number 12. Now, this is about suffering. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> I'm suffering listening to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You are no longer getting tequila, young man. So, so this is about suffering, and and some of this is things I've noticed about suffering as a pastor. Okay, because I see a lot of suffering. Hmm. When someone that goes to the territory, when someone's suffering, hopefully the pastor is one of the people they call. Yeah. Right, that would that'd be the best idea. Just like when people were suffering in in the Gospels, they found Jesus. Yeah, 
So I would say this. The first one is about the natural reaction, okay? Okay. And that is suffering, and this is by really observation, okay? That suffering usually does one of two things. Either it drives someone into isolation Hmm. or it drives someone actually to the people of God, to the Hmm. body of Christ. Usually one of the two. Uh, and uh, and I've, I've noticed this, and and that's what you have to, as when you're a pastor, you have to watch out for. Right, is to be to be mindful that someone someone might be driven to isolation. This is what made the right one of the 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 one of the evils of the pandemic is a lot of people were suffering. Yes, and and they thought many people the the answer is to be driven into isolation. Right, I mean I think we can see how that was satanic. Because it kept people from coming together and coming to church, and it kept families broken apart. I mean, everything about that it's looked like the finger of the devil. And so the, the, there's a natural tendency either to—and I think some of this is just personality, where either they want to be stoic or they want to just drive—be driven to kind of be private about it, which is—I don't mind people being private, but at the same time— you got a lot of people at the church that care about you and are willing to help, mm-hmm. and uh, and to find have people that uh, around you who show that love and kindness. You know, um, it, because what happens is when someone is maybe driven to isolation, and then something happens where where they see oh something happens someone does something for them that's very helpful or kind or comforting, they don't realize how, how, how helpful that was until it happens. Mm. And I guess there's two sides to this. One side is to remember to don't, don't feel like you, you need to fight this alone. But the other is, is seek people that'll, that'll help you. Mm. Right. And to surround yourself and to not, battle this alone. And and I would say men, not to generalize, <laughs> men generally are more are more of the isolation type and right. women are more of the other. Right. And I would say, uh because yesterday was women's day, that Ooh. uh I think women have that right on that. Not not every not, not I would say not everyone is it. Does well, that well, way. Of course not. But, but but the trend, right. Right. And so if you find yourself suffering I think it would be good, listener, uh, to consider that. Are, are you? Is this is this time of suffering driving you to isolation? Hmm. Sometimes depression is along with that, those lines too. Oh right, yeah. Um. But but uh, there is a benefit to to being with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely, all the time, whether suffering or not, but especially when you're suffering. Number eleven. Use the time of suffering that you have to better understand those who suffer around you. That's a good one. Because uh, you might encounter someone may suffer in a, uh, in a certain way in, and there are lots of people who don't know what to say. Yep. I've right? been there. Totally been there. Many people don't know what to say and uh, they don't, and they're afraid to say the wrong thing. Yep. Right. But on the other hand, there might be people who actually do know some things to say because they themselves have been through it. Right. Not that every situation is exactly the same. However, right. Um, this using your time of suffering to to learn and understand other ways that people suffer, and there could be something that brings you suffering that you didn't know would bring you suffering. And then when that, so, so, that thing happens to someone else, you can cue on and say, oh, that that person might like a word of comfort or right. a, a kind action. Somebody that recognizes that what they're going through is suffering and, and hard, even though whatever it is might be something that other people don't recognize should be considered as such. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll give an example, right? Okay. Um, a, a widow for, might be have a really bad day on her anniversary. Oh, okay. And there might be another widow who understands hmm. that 
oh yeah, that's a that's a rough that was a rough day for me, hmm. and maybe I can take them out to lunch because right. uh, maybe if they know a lot of the, especially the older folks, they kind of have those things written down anyways. Right. Those type of things where oh, okay, I went through that. I know someone else is going through that. And I learned in my time of suffering of what that person could mm. need in their time of suffering. Right. But this isn't just time to one-up the person that's suffering. Oh, you had this one thing happen. Well, I've had that happen three times. I mean, no, it's, we, it's, uh, we've seen missteps like that before. Where it's, I was upset at that time, usually going back to the, like at the anniversary, the mm. widow's anniversary. Right. right. Of saying, oh, I remembered it was your anniversary and I wanted to take you out of lunch. I want to get your mind off of it. Right. Not, well, I, you know. I've been through 20 anniversaries without my husband. Or no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't become like a, a suffering. Uh, right, the suffering Olympics or something. Right. Number 10. Use suffering like fasting. Hmm. So uh, we've talked about fasting before of fasting teaches you of how dependent you are on God, how much you, like one day of food is a reminder just how dependent and how weak we are. Right. And and how much... So you use fasting, as Martin Luther would say, fine outward training. Ah, You're right. training your body. Right. Right? Suffering, if you view suffering kind of like fasting, hmm. only you didn't have a choice in it. Right. To, to understand your place better and to understand God's mercy better. Hmm. Um. I think going into those situations with that mind frame can actually help you understand those things a little better of saying, well, if, oh, I'm going through this time of suffering. Um, since I'm going to go through it anyways, I might as well, might as well make the best use of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, I've not heard that specific advice, and I think it'd be hard to hear that advice during suffering. Like, oh, are you suffering? Well, make the best of it. And so, yeah, so I would say this, 10.5. Um, to think of these things when you're not suffering absolutely yep but kind of like having having ground rules for a a husband and wife before they get of how they're going to handle disagreements yeah yeah because otherwise they'll make up the rules on the fly Mm -hmm. and they don't always they'll be the heat of the moment and they won't have any context right and they'll do well then the argument becomes about how you're not arguing fair Rather yeah. than the actual issue that you need to yeah. work through, um, and so that, I think that point of using suffering like fasting is is something you need to prepare yourself for. As you before, when you're not right. necessarily at a particular time of suffering. Yeah, I agree. I, over the years, and I've been married to Mrs. Vicker for 25 years. Later this year, uh, I've occasionally said, "You know, if we lost financially all of it somehow, we still have God." We still have each other. We're actually all right. And I try to remember to say that because we're not in that position now, mm-hmm. you know, and I pray that we won't be in that position, but it's, but I try to remember that during the good times so that I'm not at the, at the bad time trying to, trying to think of that, I guess, without having put it into thought beforehand. Number nine. Uh, the Psalms are very important. <laughs> okay. I mean, you read the Psalms. Right. And, and you, you, you see people who are afraid, suffering overwhelmed and the beauty of the psalms is you've heard me say this many times the psalm psalms are two things hmm. it's a prayer right and it's god's word oh okay well i'll have to write that down because i don't recall being told that many times but probably i have been. What, 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 so what's the point of me saying that a psalm is a prayer and god's word uh that it's a really good prayer because god wrote it yeah <laughs> that that's you're 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 almost there. Okay. Not only did God write it, uh, He wrote it through men right. who are going through the kinds of things that you're going through. Right. Hiding from King Saul in a cave. And also, because it's God's word, even as you're praying the Psalm, you have God's answer to it. So, for example, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
so in that psalm, it's obviously a prayer by someone who is afraid mm-hmm. in, a, in a deadly situation, right? Right. And even in the midst of that prayer that God has given us, you have God's answer. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have anything to be afraid of because I am with you. Right. You see the see my point there? It's not just, it's a good prayer because God gave it, but it's a prayer that not only includes a request, but God's answer even as you're praying. Hmm. That is a very good point. Number eight. It is, remember, that in the darkness of suffering, you can actually see the light more clearly. Okay. Now, the reason, reason I, may, I say that is this, is all the things that you may be thought you could trust and you, you're left with like things taken away from you like in the dark when is it that you can see a, a candle most clearly right at night when can you see the stars most, most clearly mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere at night right so it would make in, in along those lines it is in the darkness when everything is dark and you don't have all these distractions going on, that you actually see the light of God's word a little bit more clearly. Because all the things that you thought you could trust, you can no longer trust. Right. All the things you place your hope in, you mm. show that are not worthy of your hope. And there's that one light that you could see. Yeah. And this includes your own health that most of the time we just take for granted. And maybe maybe some of the older folks have more wisdom on this than I do. But eventually, we we cannot have. And, hope. and I and I will say and there's that, a spiritual aspect to that. Okay. Okay. I think there's a reason why we talk about God creating us and sustaining us and giving mm-hmm. us our bodies. There's a reason why, as I said earlier, many of the miracles are the physical healing. Right. Personal miracles. I think there's a reason why that when Jesus died and rose, he made sure of showing a real body. Yeah, a physical body with holes in the hands and in the side. And I think there's a reason why the Bible is very clear on how he died and what it looked like. Right. Because it's a physical representation of what sin looks like and what it does Hmm. and how Jesus carried it. I think we can separate those two to such a degree that we say they don't intersect at all, but they do. You see it all the time. You go visit someone in the hospital, you see it. It's not only a physical ailment, it is a spiritual struggle. Hmm. This is why when the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 talks about suffering, he begins it with this statement, because we have been justified, because we have peace with God, Hmm. that's how you approach suffering. It's the last light that you still see in the midst of suffering. Number seven. You have to trust in what God's word says and promises, even when you can't see it. And obviously, I was thinking of the gospel reading for that when I wrote that. Okay. That was uh, the woman who was pleading to Jesus for her daughter. She could not see it. Yeah. And even Jesus' own words seemed to betray it, but she trusted in the promises of God even when she couldn't see it. And I have in parenthesis underneath this, it says, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) I wonder what that's about. The reason why I have that written is, and that is kind of a natural response, is, is, is okay, we're going through suffering, and I say, Jesus forgives your sins. Yeah, I know, I know. Ah, uh, okay. No, that's interesting. But this is a time for you to hear it differently. Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking about the woman, the Canaanite woman whose daughter needed to be delivered from the demon, and she didn't disagree with the word of God when Jesus said the the harsh-sounding statement that the bread shouldn't be taken from the children and tossed to the dogs. She agreed with him. She agreed with the word of God that he spoke, and uh, and yet still relied on his mercy and goodness. Anyway, I'm just thinking about that, that, that she was in such a difficult place, and yet she still relied on God's mercy. Yeah. Never disagreed with the word of God. Number six. Let others be strong for you. Hmm. I remember a conversation I had with someone who... Uh, who uh, was a kind of uh, woman who did everything for everybody. Okay. And she didn't want to go to the nursing home. Oh, I bet not. And I'd explain to her, do you know the joy that you have when you got the opportunity to help someone? Right. 
Yeah. Well, you don't want to rob others of that joy. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And uh, if you are suffering and you need help, look for it. Find it. Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on that a bit earlier in the about men resisting help at times. And I've heard accounts from medical professionals of men who finally seek help for, say, chest pain or something like that. And they ignored it and they tried to deny it and that they didn't look for help from anybody. And by, they cut, by the time they come in to get help, they are in a worse position, something they're not going to come back from that they could have been helped earlier. I remember one time I was many years ago. I was uh, in the hospital room with someone, and she had all all her things hooked up and seemingly okay. unconscious and not doing well. Yeah. And, uh, like, when I talk to her and pray with her, her heart rate would actually calm down. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I like that. Number five. Speak back the words of promise often. Okay. Like confessing the truth back to God? I mean it this way. I mean it, uh, sometimes you have to say things over and over again to help you believe it. Yeah. Right? Let me say that to myself over and over again until I believe it. That, that, that's one way that, that faith happens, is you hear things, and you. that's why we have the liturgy. You say things over and over and over again to help you with your believing it. Right. I think that's very effective. Um, which is why we live in a, a, the pernicious nature of our world is we hear, I mean, those, the opponents of God's word know this very well. They use words and languages and phrases over and over again right. and, and teach us that's your normal speaking so that. Right. So, so right. Add in that normal way of speaking, then that thought, those words, then also become your belief. Reproductive rights. Sorry, so, that's a phrase that I get told over and over again by the mainstream media. So... So you hear them and say them right? because you need to hear them and you need to say them and even saying them out loud. Number four. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Hmm. Um, when, it, so when someone's going through suffering, one of the, one of the natural reactions is guilt. Okay. I don't know if I track that, so I'll have to hear the explanation. Guilt of, I could have done something differently. Or maybe like what Abraham, we talked about Abraham, what he might have gone through as God asked him to sacrifice his son. Wow. The natural yeah. reaction would be, what did I... What did I do wrong? How did I deserve this? Right. And there could be many situations where people do suffer, where it causes them to bring all sorts of things by which they failed on is held before their face. I mean, For example, a lot of health issues, um, frankly, are come from things that you did to yourself. Right. I was going to say they're not going to be completely wrong sometimes that they brought some of the circumstances on themselves. That's why I say forgiveness, forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness. Um, you need to hear those often. Number three. Lord's Supper. <laughs> forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Number two, consider the opportunity God has given you in suffering to understand love in a different way and to be an example of that love to others. That's different than I said earlier of uh, using it to understand them and help them, right? But uh, to understand how God loves you in those times hmm. as well. You look deep in thought. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, my mother passed away in 2019 and I, I guess where I went in that sorrow was to my sure conviction that, that God was fixing all that, that, uh, that death was going to be annihilated, um, that she really was a believer. And so I could, I didn't suffer without hope, right. but I did suffer, you know? Um, anyway, so that keeps coming to mind basically throughout this. And then and that, that, that I see that all the time in, in this way where, where they understand the love of God in a different way. They, it's kind of like, like when you're going through something, you see who your friends are. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, you go through a time and you see who your God is. Hmm. 
And number one. It, it teaches you the cross and the resurrection uh, even more. Right. You wouldn't believe how many times I've heard this as a pastor over the years of someone going through a very great time of suffering and they'll say something like, oh, and I think about, oh, I think of what Jesus did for me. <laughs> I think of his wounds. I think of his life of suffering. Right. I think of all that he went through for me. Right. He really didn't live a day that wasn't for someone else. I mean, he would, he was prioritizing the world every step. So, there you go. There's my top 12 list. We didn't put you to sleep, did we, Pete? <laughs> Not at all. I just had a rough day. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, uh, this, just for you, this list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you suffering? <laughs> so. I've got 12 pieces of advice for you. <laughs> Yes, the best when you're suffering, what you really need to hear is a top 12 list. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> well, how are we doing on time, Pete? Uh, we're at about 50 minutes. Okay. So we could go another 20 if you want. I don't know. How, it's also, don't... yeah. It's also, uh, you know, the, the times changed. So, you know, everybody's a little groggy this morning. One less hour of sleep and all that, you know? Oh, is that this weekend? Uh, mm-hmm. today, you mean? Today. Oh yeah, today. <laughs> happened last night. That's always rough. My mom got that backwards one year where it was supposed to be fall back. I know we're on the other one of those right now, but she sprung ahead. <laughs> and so like she got me and my sister up at the totally dark in the morning and bundled it. Oh, we're running late. And she bundles up for school and sent us off to school. And we walked over to the elementary school and we got there at like six something in the morning and uh, no one was there but the ladies that were preparing lunch. So we showed up to school two hours in advance because my mom put the clocks the wrong direction. <laughs> wow. It was pretty funny. Uh, we do have an email from Hannah, actually, now that we think about, I think about it. Oh, no. I hope it's not responding to something I may have said. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> Come on now. On a scale from one to ten, how likely is that it's not that? I was hoping to never have to think about that episode again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. It's even titled Worse Than Childbirth is the name of the email. (laughs) She says, Dear Cleric and a Half, but Berg, I do hope you'll weigh in. It's funny that you should be reviewing church library books and discussing various pains worse than childbirth because, lo, these many years ago, before I had ever given birth in a car or anywhere else, (laughs) I read an interesting analysis of childbirth in a book from our church library. The book was... Natural Childbirth and the Christian Family by Helen Wessel. Mrs. Wessel covers many topics in this book, including a look at the Hebrew and Greek words referring to children and how they've been translated. She argues that words related to childbirth that often translate as pain or distress are better translated as hard work or labor or uh, constriction. From my secular reading on this topic, I've learned that the more a woman expects and fears pain during childbirth, the more likely she is to experience it. Childbirth is rarely a walk in the park, especially that first baby. But I don't think it has to be the torture that many women anticipate and try to avoid via an epidural. I've attached a few excerpts from this book, including references. That's for you, Berg. (laughs) Also, funny that you should be discussing childbirth right now because, thanks be to God, he has answered my daughter's earnest prayers to send baby flip-flop. We are expecting this wee one to join us nice. on the outside right after the time the bathrooms close at Bead Lake, Beads Lake. So I'll <laughs> see you in the spacious talks and tasting studio for a cool non-alcoholic beverage earlier this summer. All Your right. Favorite listener, wow. Hannah. We'll get our, our warm water and towels ready. <laughs> yeah, just in case. That's right. <laughs> oh, um, she's got the... Oh, yeah, she, she did. She, she them. put in scans of the book pages of the book she was talking wow. about. Wow. Very good. Well, I feel like I got off light on that one. So, I mean, she she said childbirth was not particularly torturous after all. That's what I got out of that. <laughs> now I will oh. s- never listen to anybody ever again. Oh, so yeah. So, Vicar, when you you uh, you visit uh, as a pastor, someone uh, you know who's with child, say, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. don't worry, it's all in your head. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I'll take the. Uh, 
preferred reading of what Hannah said and apply it. I'll say, um, it's not nearly as bad as you think. In fact, you need to use the power of positive thinking and name and claim a painless childhood. Okay, explain the name and claim. Did you do oh, that yeah, on the podcast? I think, we, I think I have, but in case somebody missed that one, uh, that was in the charismatic churches that I was raised, the doctrine that we have the power of creation, even though we're just creatures, uh, in our words. And so if we name an, uh, an item, if we say, uh, I am naming a brand new Cadillac and I am claiming that in the name of God, and then you apply enough faith in the in the bad way that they define faith which is some sort of personal fortitude of believing really hard then you will get it for sure because you have named it and claimed it and that's what that's what god did to create the universe and we can do it too and that's happened what's happened with me actually because i i tried to do that to get a brand new cadillac and instead i got what i got so oh so your faith wasn't strong enough that's the way they teach you when like when it doesn't turn out um but yeah the name it and claim it i was like 45, you know, actually, no, I was probably like 80% of the way there, right? I got a catalog. No, that's pretty good. That's a, that's the ye of pretty good faith. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I do like those, the way the translation of, and I, I, I would like to say I did some word study on these, but I haven't. Oh, okay. Vicar, you can do that for the next time. Oh, since you're not doing anything. Right. Hardly anything. Um, but, uh, the pain and distress uh, you know, because I referred that to the the end times too. You did birth pangs, right? Which I guess pain is pain. I actually don't right. And I, I suppose with with that in mind, um, when uh, when he refers to his as childbirth, um, you realize that you know birth pains aren't worthless. Hmm. Yeah. That's e- even point. the birth pains are there uh, to do something wonderful. Right. And and as we go through birth planes, pains in this life, um, we uh, we remember that the pains we go through aren't worthless or meaningless. You know, right. Christ is coming. Okay. The birth pains that Eve was cursed with in the garden, do you think that that included the fact that her children would be sinful? that part of the pain is not just, okay, it hurts to give birth, but it's also that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought that too, but it's kind of a recent idea I've, I've come across. Well, I, I think it goes right in line with the discussion we had. Okay. Physical and spiritual kind of. Yeah. They're not isolated. They're, they're together. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you for Hannah. That was an interesting points. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, congratulations. Right. I hope we can come enjoy a alcohol-free beverage with Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I got tonight. Right on. Thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may your pain and distress be better understood as hard work, labor, or constriction. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.